0: The following program contains adult content and strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Gig Encounters of the Weird Kind. Once again, we are here with Joel Alpers because Joel Alpers, this is a whole entire chapter dedicated to Joel. he has the best stories Mm -hmm. so hi Joel
1: hi Nettie it's good to be back
0: thank you for coming back J-Rock I appreciate it so today's episode uh you're going to talk about the theater
1: my my theater background is here yes husband likes to remind me (laughs) (laughs) theater background
0: your theater background. Yeah. So we are looking – I'm I'm looking forward to this because I am very quiet about this. Not many people know about this, but I tend to be a little bit of a musical theater nerd. I, I don't know where, really how to spin this at all, but I'm just going to let you go for it because I'm really excited about what you're about to talk about right now. So,
1: Well, you know, I certainly never – intended when I was coming up as a young musician to make a living in the world of playing for musical theater. I, it wasn't something that was on my radar at all. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of married into it. You know, my wife, as you know, is a Broadway performer. and Who is amazing, uh, by the way. And uh, so, you know, that's how I, I kind of became aware of that world and then yeah. started meeting people in it and found out I had a great skill set for it and really enjoyed doing it. <laughs> but i the way the day I really realized that I'd crossed over and 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 uh you know became aware that I was truly had a theater background was on a gig actually I was doing with you we were playing one of our uh, New Year's Eve gigs in vegas okay. and with the big band, and uh we used to do these big techs before like the night before the show yes and we had a horn section and in the horn section, I think we we're at the m g m grand and at yeah. the horn section was, uh, Lee Thornburg. So for those of you who don't know Lee, he's such a great guy and he's a trumpet legend, rock RB, Like he's played with everybody. We and love Lee. Up, he's, he's literally played with anybody you can think of. Lee has yeah. played with these guys. He is the man on trumpet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he was, he was on this gig with us and, uh, we finished our tech, and I was kind of hanging out. And I was going to go get some dinner, and and I with a couple of people. And Lee was there. I said, "Hey, Lee, uh, we're going to go get some dinner. If you, if you want to come along and get a bite." And he's like, "Oh, uh, Chicago's playing here in the hotel. Uh, I got some friends over there. I'm I'm going to go go see them and hang out." And I say to Lee, "Oh, is is that the first national Broadway tour, or is it like a <laughs> local production?" And Lee, Lee gives me the most withering look and he just all he says is Chicago the band Oh, geez. I was like right I, I used to know that that Chicago it's a band instead I'm like Who, who's playing Billy Flynn in this production <laughs> who's Roxy so that was when I it was kind of humiliating and you know Aww. Lee kind of looked at me like I was you know wearing a dress or something it was it was not a good feeling to realize that i it crossed over to the theatrical side. <laughs> <laughs> but now I own it proudly and it is yes. what it is. Uh, yes. So, you know, I've played with all, all kinds of different shows. and But the one I've done the most shows with is Wicked. So uh, I've played it whenever it's been in town and here in Los Angeles. And I've also, you know, done hundreds and hundreds of shows with the both of the national tours. Do, and- we,
0: do we tell the people kind of what the premise of Wicked is? Uh, does it matter?
1: It doesn't matter. Most okay. people know about it's not it's it's, it's this the giant you know still running Broadway blockbuster it's, it's like the prequel to the wizard of oz. Yes. Um but uh so I when you're when you're on the tour and and one thing that a lot of people don't understand or or don't know about these these contemporary Broadway productions is that uh from a from the drum perspective they the the drum kit is isolated in its own room. They uh, almost every show does this these days where they, they build a whole room around the drums so that they can close mic, everything and isolate the sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, you listen to everything on headphones. You have your own mixer and uh, the conductor conducts into a little camera um, that you then watch on a little video monitor in your room. Yes. And, So it's, it's, it's really weird. There's usually, there's windows in this drum room, Mm -hmm. but so you can see out of it, but you can't see a lot out of it usually. Um, And usually you're just watching the monitor to, to watch the conductor and see what's going on. And sometimes the, if you're in a city where the orchestra pit is large enough, they just put the whole drum box in the, in the orchestra pit. So even though you're in this room by yourself, you're, you know, the other musicians are all around you and surrounding you. Uh, but some theaters don't have a large enough orchestra pit to accommodate that. So you'll be remote. And that means you're like in a completely different part of the theater. Sometimes you're close to the orchestra pit. Sometimes you're sort of far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really bizarre experience. It's, it kind of freaks some people out at first and they don't they don't know how to, you know, it's, you're in this room, you can't see anybody else. And it's sort of a theoretical construction that, you know, there's 3,000 people in the theater and there's a whole show going on above your head. You have to kind of, you know, imagine that that's all happening because you don't have anybody. And the worst place I've ever played remotely, and I've done it twice there, is in Wichita, Kansas. Wichita has a theater there with a really small orchestra pit and the setup is kind of weird. So they set the drum box up. You're literally in the loading dock of the venue. You're two floors below the stage, and it's like this brick, air, you know, brick wall, fluorescent light, loading dock where oh, people are walking by. You know, if it's a matinee, you're playing, and like the door rolls up, and there's the guy with the Pepsi's on the cart to load the venue. Right, machine. he's kind of looking through the window at you like you're the monkey in the zoo, and <laughs> it's it's a really really weird way to play a show. Just mm-hmm. very very strange completely removed from everybody else. Some days I, I literally wouldn't see anybody else from the show. I would just go from my hotel room, walk into this room, play it, go back to my hotel room. And I was like, did I just play a show? <laughs> oh my what God. Did I do? So anyway, I'm playing a grinding out the shows in Wichita, eight shows a week. And uh, we were playing a matinee and uh, start the show. Everything's fine. And uh, when you're in this room, you're you're wearing headphones and you're connected to your own mixer. You have a little portable a little mini mixer, a little avion mixer where you can hear all the different instruments and the click track and and the conductor and everything that's going on on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you play the show. Uh, so the show starts, and we're like forty five seconds into the show, and all of a sudden, my headphones just completely cut out. Oh, I, I crap. Any sound and I, I kind of the first thing I do is you know I, I'm playing with one hand and I'm looking down at the mixer like to make sure my headphones didn't pull out from the from the mixer and they're still connected. Right. And I, I can see right away there's no lights flashing on the mixer. Nothing's happening. Oh my god. And I I, I don't know what's happening. And I look up at the monitor and I can see the conductor is kind of like looking around like there's a problem. I see him on the camera, but it looks like he's still waving and. You know, in my mind, I start. Run- you start running through the whole decision tree. Like, what? are we going to stop the show? We-, we have to stop the show. Right. I guess we're not stopping the show. Like, it <laughs> looks like we're still going. I can't hear anything. I just see him waving. And, uh, <laughs> and like, uh, I guess I got to play. So... <laughs> I don't know if anybody's seen the show, but the, the opening of wicked, it, the opening number is, it's pretty tricky. It's like six or seven minutes long and there's time changes and there's a click track that comes in and out. And, uh, you know, I can't hear anything and I can't see anything. All I see is the conductor. I don't know what's going on. Oh. I've played the show hundreds of times by this point. So I have it in muscle memory, but it's always different when you play it. Right. And, uh, and you know, all I can do is play at full volume. They want you playing really loudly, you know, for the sound. So I just thrash away, and then I kind of get through the opening. I don't know if that worked or not. I don't know what's going on. And then the conductor kind of waves at me, and and we, there's like after the opening, there's a period of time when you're you're tacit for like two or three minutes. You're not playing. So I go running up the stairs as fast as I can oh, to, to, to the orchestra pit to try to find out what's going on. And I meet him on the stairs coming down and he says that the cables all went out for the avion mixers oh. they're trying to fix it can you and i guess it was happening to everybody else in the orchestra pit everybody's mixers were out oh. but everybody else was in the pit with each other so at least they could kind of hear each other sure acoustically that's why he was looking like something was funny it sounded different and, <laughs> but i can't hear anything so he says can you just try to hang on they're trying to fix this as fast as they can i said I guess so. (laughs) So I run back down the stairs. (laughs) I I just keep playing. I, you know, he's trying to conduct into the camera and I'm just trying to watch him. And the sound didn't come back on for almost an hour. It was like two thirds of the way through act one before it came on. And it was like, I just feel like I lost, you know two years of my life in that hour. It was the most stressful, brutal feeling to be playing and know that you're supposed to be holding the whole orchestra together and you, you literally cannot hear a thing or you have no idea what's going. You have no frame of reference except a guy on a little six inch video monitor waving at you. Like it was just the worst. And then we, we get through act one. It's just, you know, I'm pouring sweat. I've just lost, you know, my year supply of adrenaline is gone. Ugh. And uh, nobody in stage management knew what had happened. Like they called him in, they called the conductor in, and they are like, Orchestra sounded a little, a little loose in that <laughs> one. Is everything all right? And he's like, you, Are you guys kidding me? Do you not know what happened? And nobody even knew really what had happened. So just goes to show you in that world that, that you know, the musicians are kind of taken for granted. You're you're underground, nobody really sees you. Sure. And then even when the worst what you just think is the worst thing in the world that could happen, if you just muscle your way through it odds are nobody's really going to notice but...
0: right, right. <laughs> that that's
1: that's one of my two <laughs> wicked remote stories and then the other one is not not as horrible but, but but kind of kind of amusing to me is is we were in uh this is several years later and I am in Boston a much much more happening city than Wichita Kansas <laughs> no, no offense to Wichita but I had a much better time, and I always do, in Boston than I do <laughs> uh, So we're playing at the Opera House in Boston. Great uh-huh. theater, awesome. And, uh, but it's got a small orchestra pit, so now I'm remote again. Uh, and But this time, it's a much better setup. I'm right behind the orchestra pit. The guitar player, my buddy Mike Abraham, is, is in the pit with me as well, is in, is remote with me as well. So I have a buddy to kind of talk on little breaks and stuff we were kind of right off the uh, wig room, too. So members of the cast were always walking by and right. in the show. So at least you feel like you're connected to humanity when you're in this so weird good. isolation room God. playing the show. Um, and then the other cool little thing that happened in that setup was one of the prop guys had found somewhere in the theater this old Lazy Boy chair. You know those big, big yeah. old boys? With like, you'd <laughs> lean back and the footrest comes up and just... <laughs> just big smothering armchair this lazy boy and he kind of wheeled it over into the area between me and the guitar player so we kind of adopted this chair and you know before the show we'd take turns lying in this big lazy boy and you know we we kind of you know we'd, we'd play paper rock scissors to see who got to sit at the in the lazy boy at <laughs> intermission like we love this chair so anyway we're, we're getting through our shows in Boston and then one day the uh Contractor, the local contractor for Boston uh, comes up to me before the show and he, he says, would it be okay if, if a friend of mine watched you play the show? Uh, he's a drummer, uh, you know, veteran drummer. He, he hasn't played any shows in a while, oh. but he's really curious to see, you know, a contemporary show. And I say, sure, of course.
0: I know where this is going. Yeah. I,
1: I always, I always I have. I know where it's going. I always
0: have,
1: there's always people coming to watch the show. So this, I meet this guy and it's this really sweet, older guy. He's like late seventies, sweet old man. He's like, you know, he's, he, last show he played was like, you know, hello Dolly back in the day, really (laughs) sweet old man. Could not be nicer. And I kind of show him everything. It's just, you know, and the drum kit, there is this huge massive (laughs) drum kit with electronics and stuff. And I'm, I'm showing him how everything works. And he's like, Oh, what? Well, how do you use this, this 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 pad and what does this do and so I'm trying to explain it to this guy and he's very kind and so I say all right well I got to get ready to play the show so I set them up when you when you have somebody watch you play the show uh they have a separate mixer for them they sit outside the drum room yeah so they can like see into the window and watch you play it I set them up with the sheet music so they can read along with it and then they have their own mixer so and cool and yeah they watch me play the show um so I get him all set up. I make sure he's all situated. And, and the only chair we have there is this lazy boy. So but he's sitting in it, and he's like, got his headphones on, he's, he's ready to go. He's like, I can't wait to see you do this. I'm so excited. I said, Great. So the show starts, and and I play the the I'm playing the opening number, which as I've mentioned before, it's it's a really intricate involved thing to play. It's like seven minutes long, and you're hitting really hard, and there's uh you know all kinds of you gotta play auxiliary percussion and you gotta play electronics and and it's it's a whole thing that you gotta navigate. And usually when somebody's watching me play the show, I finish this number and then I've got a couple minutes where I don't play, and I kind of look out and I make sure they're okay and they can hear everything fine. And pretty much every time I've done this, you know, I turn around and and whoever's watching me play it is is impressed. They're you know, they're always like, wow, that yeah, that's yeah, amazing. It's just not something you normally see. Yeah. It's it's a pretty pretty cool thing to see somebody do. Oh, no. So I finished the opening number boom, and I'm just nailing I know I've got a guy watching me and I'm like, I'm gonna show this old timer how we do it in the 21st century. I'm just killing this thing, playing as hard as I can. Boom, and I hit the ending of the tune. I'm like, yeah, I nailed that. I lean out the window, I had to look at him and he is like Grandpa Simpson, just fast asleep in the Lazy Boy, like totally sacked out with the headphones on his head. Just like sawing logs, and he slept through almost all of Act One. Oh. Like every time, like I'd go, I, I'd be hitting hard. I'd look, and he would—he just slept through the, almost the whole. Oh, time.
0: bless his heart. I know, it's and so
1: it just goes to show you: like no matter how hard you play, how hard you think you're walking, you can't compete with the lazy boy. You oh, he can't. win every time. Boy. So that was a good humbling experience, just to know. Oh. You know Poor I, wasn't, cream I wasn't as important as a good nap at that point. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> when you are that age and you go to check out a show, you'll know not to sit in a lazy boy.
1: That's right. Only, only, uh, you know, a hard <laughs> stool or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Stay awake.
0: Oh, Stay standing. Hey rock. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's also just, yeah, it's great. It's an awesome story to continue to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you have any more Wicked
1: stories or? Oh, there's I'm sure there's more, but they're all so specific to that. <laughs> world. I think we'll, maybe we'll just end in the lazy boy. For-
0: the lazy boy. chair. Yeah. Well, okay. there's two there's two things that we learned from this episode. One is that you can't be claustrophobic if you're going to be a drummer or percussionist for musical theater and go on tour yeah that's right, sure. uh, because you are going to play in a cave. and <laughs> the second one is to never have a lazy boy around um while you're playing. I yeah. could just imagine I probably would have fallen asleep too. The music <laughs> is very nice, so it was, it was I a yeah. nice
1: movie. we love that lazy boy. It was <laughs> <laughs> I have fond memories of that show.
0: <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on the show. We will be hearing from you on our next episode. Okay. Thanks, Joel. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out Gig Encounters of the Weird Kind. Special thanks to my guest Joel Alpers. Also, thank you to my assistant engineer Derek Frank. The song that you are listening to is called "That's What She Said." You can find it on Derek's new album, 11 years later. Download it on iTunes or stream it on Spotify. And for gig encounters of the weird kind, like, subscribe, and rate on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And tell your friends you'll be hearing from me. See ya!